today we're with Randy Manis at Moorhead State University. And I'll start out just by asking you to introduce yourself, Randy, and, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. Thanks, Tyler, for the invitation to be with you today. Um, I've been an instructor in our Department of Communication, Media and Languages for the past 10 years. I came into Moorhead State University back in the fall of 2002 as an undergraduate student thinking that I was going to go into pre-pharmacy and spent about a year and a half down on that end of campus, took Speech 108, our basic fundamental speech course, had someone who told me after class one day, you're really good at this. Have you ever considered doing something in our world? And up to that point, I hadn't. The only speaking engagement that I can remember doing in high school was during graduation. My grades were slipping in biology. I realized that my heart was not in it. So I switched majors, became a communication major, graduated in December of 2006 with my bachelor's. Following January, I started graduate school here at Moorhead State, did that for a year and a half. And in my last semester, I actually got to teach my first course, and that was the basic speech class. Fell in love with teaching, fell in love with the students, and after I graduated, spent a year with the AmeriCorps VISTA program here on campus in our Center for Regional Engagement. During that year of service, I got to go out into the community, got to work with low-income elderly and disabled homeowners through an initiative we had called Moorhead Round County Repair Affair. And that was funded through a grant from Kentucky Housing Corporation. After that year of service, still didn't know what I wanted to do. And at that point in time, these doors just began to open and, and someone who had been brought in that year to look at the leadership program, to look at the academic honors program. He met with me for about an hour and a half to talk about my experiences in our leadership program while I was a student. The next thing I know, there's a job offer. And so I became the leadership program coordinator half time and then I got to teach half time. So I spent five years doing both of those two things. During the fifth year, the leadership program was phased out and I came over to our department full time, been over here ever since. And there's nothing like being in the classroom. It, to me, that's where my heart is, where my passion lies, getting to work with today's students. All right. Well, today's students that so you you maybe sat in the exact seats that your students are sitting in now back when you were an undergrad. Very much uh, so. Could you comment on maybe the, the differences, if there are any, I'm sure there are, from when you were sitting in those seats and now, and from both perspectives? It, it's a very odd feeling at times to walk back into a classroom and go to the front of the classroom as opposed to sitting towards the middle or the back, as I was accustomed to doing as a student. But I, I've just recently, it's, it's starting to sink in more and more. We've had several faculty that were here when I was a student who have retired. And so as they're leaving, I'm taking on more and more of their responsibilities in terms of courses or advising. And when I walk into the classroom, it's starting to hit me more that I'm, I'm looking at seats and I'm thinking that's where I sat for this class. And I remember what happened, you know, at this very area of the classroom when someone said something funny. It, it's very, very interesting to be on that side of the table um, to 
I really, it's and there's I'm at a loss for words to describe it because it is. It's it's one of those moments. At first, it was very odd, and then now there are moments or little slivers where it just seems unreal, and and I have to pinch myself and think. Are you really supposed to be on this side of the desk? <laughs> are you supposed to be back there seating, watching someone else uh, do what you love to do? Well, that that's an awesome experience, I'm sure, an awesome story. And and how is that affected how you teach your classes? You think, especially, I mean, no doubt, all com professors at one point were sitting in the the seat on the other side of the room there, but particularly being at the same place and and being able to draw a side-by-side -side comparison. Do you think that affects how you teach the course? It does. It, it certainly helped shape my policies. Knowing what I did as a student and what I liked as a student, I always want to make sure that those experiences, the things that I did enjoy, carry over to my classroom. There were certainly some things that, you know, each person's different. They have their own way of doing things. And I'm the kind of person who will take a little bit from everyone and kind of turn it around and make it my own. So for me to be in the classroom, I, I'm going back to those days when I sat there, when I was given a syllabus, looking at the assignments, thinking, what did I like? What did I enjoy? Now I have to couple that with what do I have to do? What is required of me? But you, you have that creative freedom and that academic freedom, and I enjoy that so much. It, it, it does, as I said earlier, you have to pinch yourself at times and think, is this real life? Is this actually what my life has become? Because I could never have envisioned being a college professor, much less someone teaching communication. I often tell my students I was the shy introvert. When it came to the classroom, I just wanted to blend in with everyone else. I was never one to put myself up in the forefront, and now here I am, five days a week, five classes each semester in the front, and having students look up to me. So it, it really is. It's I've been able to take a little bit of what I loved from my professors in college, mold that into some way um, that I think resonates with my students. Right. Well, that's awesome. I mean, especially in this type of course where no doubt there's plenty of apprehension and nervousness to go around. So for you to be able to say that to your students, no doubt helps them a lot. It does. And I'm able to carry over my experiences living on campus. That's the other thing. And it, when we talk about building credibility, I always come back to I know what it's like to live on campus with someone you've never met for the first time. I know the, the struggles that you have to experience as a student trying to balance a, a full-time job or part-time job in addition to your work in the classroom, on the field, etc. So I'm able to bring that in, into the discussion and it just helps that I've, I mean, we're 2020, I've been here almost 18 full years. So I know the lay of the land and that, that goes a long way in helping not just build my credibility, but building my rapport with my students. Right. Less an excellent lesson and credibility. You'd be like, this is exactly how you build it in your speeches. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you've already touched on sort of how you approach your, your students and teaching, but uh, part of what we try to do with these highlights and showcases of excellent educators and teachers is to ask you, what do you do that you think would be good to share with others or something unique that you do or even the approach that you take? 
I think I think the irony is not lost on me that this is a series on excellent educators. I don't consider myself as such. I'm I'm very grateful for the opportunities that have been I've been given that um, my students seem to connect in such a way. I mean, looking at course evaluations, I, I don't I don't ever want to be boastful, but my students seem to connect with me. I think one of the things that I do is to meet the student where they are. They're coming in and, and this sort of it, it kind of hit home last semester. I was teaching a new class for the first time ever and I didn't just have one section. I had three sections of it on the same day. And it was a conflict and communication course that I had taken many years ago with one of our beloved faculty members who is retiring at the end of this semester. And so I had been switched from teaching the basic speech class to teaching this course and had just a few weeks to prepare for it. But in the midst of this class, we started talking just about the many conflicts that our students are going through. And it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks that this, today's students are facing a lot of issues that I never had to deal with and I, I couldn't quite comprehend. Every time I turned around, there was someone knocking on the office door wanting to come in and share their concerns. And if they didn't share it in my office, they were willing to share it in the classroom. And so what I had to do, and again, this was not planned at all, but it was to take just a few moments um, and it ended up being maybe half of a class one day, just kind of talk people through what I've learned in life in my 35 years of living that everyone has something heavy that they're dealing with and you know some people even though they have a smile on their face they're still going through some very difficult times in their life and it may be they don't want to share that it may be that they want to confide in someone else but it's one of those things and this i think is where I, again i try and connect with them because i always come back for some reason to the theme song of high school musical we're all in this together because sometimes I think it takes that reminder. It takes the students knowing that they're not going through this alone, that they have they have an advocate. They have someone who's there and who wants to help. And of course, I always preface those discussions with I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counselor, but I am a good listener. I mean, that's one of those fundamentals that we talk about in our basic speech classes, listening. And it's imperative, I think, especially with communication majors and, and not just majors, but all graduates that they know how to communicate orally they know how to communicate in writing but listening is a key component and the issues that have been laid in my lap that these these students are going through at times are just so heart-wrenching and and they just i've had a few moments where as soon as they leave the office there'll, there'll just be that time of decompression that time of reflection that time of gratitude where I'm thinking I'm grateful that I have not had to experience this, but my heart breaks for them and then trying to make those connections and say, you know what? I can listen. I can do so much, but let me help you find someone on campus that can better deal with the situation. So right. for me, it started off in one class and then the next class, it was again one of those days where someone had mentioned to me that they were experiencing something painful and it just again there was just something in me that said i've got to share this i have to just walk you through 
you know, what, what I've experienced and what my life experiences have taught me about just keep on keeping on even through the difficult times and know that you've got people here who care, people who want to see you graduate, people who will do whatever they can to make those things happen for you. So for me, it's meeting the student where they are uh, in terms of assignments and things that kind of stick out to me in my classroom. One of the things that my event planning students have done and my leadership students did this for many years, I did it as a student, is to connect with a local elementary school in the fall and plan and organize their entire fall festival. Okay. It's a great way for my students to get off campus. It gets them connected with uh, obviously at a local elementary school, helping them fundraise money for whatever services and things that they need. It's a, it's a great way for us to spend a Friday evening. My students do it completely in costume, so that makes it even more, more hilarious. But it's just a good way to get them out there and, and make them realize or hopefully make them realize that there are people out there who need support, who need the help. And certainly we want you to graduate and we want you to become a well-educated citizen. But even more than that, we want you to be a well-rounded educated citizen and giving back to others in your community is a great way to do that. So for me, that's one of the big things that I try and emphasize in my classes. And do you feel like that sort of empathy helps your students in their speeches? I've seen it. Uh, now, granted, you know, I, I just implemented that. We just had that discussion last fall. And in the conflict class, there was just one final presentation at the end of the semester. They had some papers they had to write, but they began to pour out their hearts in a sense. I mean, they would they didn't hesitate to tell me what was going on. And I feel blessed and privileged that I was able to, again, help make some connections on campus to get people some assistance where, when and where they needed it. Um, but I do think that it helps. I, I do think that students today, they want to hear from people. You know, I often say I'm not that person who's just going to come in, lecture and leave. I'm in the office daily. I've got office hours for a reason, and that's for them to come in and, and chat. And it doesn't have to be about class. It can be about life because let's face it, life is tough. And it, it, it I, I'm seeing it more. I mean, there certainly the rapport between the, the professor and the student has grown significantly. Um, I feel that they're more likely to come and chat, not just about those problems, but when they have an accomplishment, a young lady came in here earlier and she said, I just wanted to share with you that I got elected to this position in this organization. And I felt you know, really proud of her. And, and what had happened is that last semester she had come to me and she had worked up a draft for the speech that she had to give for that position. And so she, she came and said, I just wanted to tell you, I want to tell your colleagues that I got this. I'm so excited. That's the rewarding payoff for me when I can sit back and have these students come in and, and they're geeked up and excited about what they have accomplished. And then they come and say, thanks for playing a part in that. Right. Uh, so so the, for me, that's that's the excellence in education. It's nothing that I've I don't feel like it's anything that I've done. It's the student taking words or actions and, and then feeling comfortable enough to approach me and say, you know, I need help or I need assistance with whatever it may be. And then I'm able to help point them in the direction. That's a rewarding day for me. Right. 
and you've helped them realize the thing that we represent as an organization and believe in the power of public speaking and help bring that out in the students. Exactly. So, Beyond your basic uh, speech course and the conflict course, are there other courses that you teach as well? So the basic speech class, that was what I was primarily hired for 10 years ago. But again, due to a whole host of issues, I've taken on more responsibilities within the department. So I teach the basic speech class. I'm teaching a professional presentations and speech writing course. I've taught analysis of persuasion. I have taught facilitating team communication online. I have taught the conflict and communication course, event planning, public relations. Uh, I think that's six or seven. So it, it's it's varied from year to year. Um, it pre presents a challenge, <laughs> especially when you got multiple preps going on at the same time, but uh, it has been so rewarding. And again, I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to teach all those classes, uh, get my feet wet and a little bit of everything. Well, you're you're walking the walk as far as being real well rounded. <laughs> Do what I can. <laughs> and again, that that decision made someplace higher than than me. But uh, I feel so fortunate that I've got a great support staff, a great supervisor um, who has, you know, put complete and utter faith in me at times when I certainly haven't had faith in myself to, to do those things. Well, that's that's great. And you probably don't always see that everywhere. So that's something to be thankful. Right. Very much so. Well, Ed, is there any other area of interest or that or certain topic that you'd like to share and you think potentially other people in our audience might be interested in or at least let them know that you're not the only one that has to teach eight or nine different types of courses that kind of thing <laughs> that, that's a tough question um vague, isn't it? <laughs> but i like to just open it up if really even if there's something you want to share why you've you've got this platform here and or even just whatever you, you words of encouragement or it. Yeah, I think in, in terms of words of encouragement, as far as, you know, when you're working with students, every student is different. They all don't learn the same way. And I know I'm not saying anything new by, by making that statement. But again, for me, what I found is meeting them where they are. Uh, doing what you can to reach out and to let them know that you're there. I mean, my guess is that you know most of us who go into education don't go into it for the money. We go into it because it's a passion. It's something that we want to do and we want to see students succeed. And certainly switching a major from biology, wanting to go into pre-pharmacy where I'm sure I'd be making quite a bit more money than I am. Um, to this, it was kind of a shock for a lot of people, but at the end of the day, it's what I felt I needed to do for myself. It made me happy and being in the classroom and working with the students, there, there's no greater feeling. I mean, granted, you know, each class is different, lots of personalities, but I, I've had to realize that if the student can see you and see you as someone, and this again goes back to the credibility, if they can see you as someone who's empathetic, someone who's responsive to their needs and concerns, if, if you can do that and extend in a sense that olive branch, 
they're more likely to grab hold and and they will certainly come and, and want to chat with you. So for me, that has been the big thing uh, I've, I've seen worked with people in different sectors of my life where they were just work focused, task focused. They came in, they did the work, they left. I don't think you can do that anymore, especially in 2020. I think that you have to be able to be flexible to want to work with the student, to want to meet them where they are and do whatever you can to help. In terms of it being on the opposite side, not working with students, but working with colleagues and things, it's helpful uh, to have a good support system, have people that you can go to uh, when you've got issues and concerns. For me, it, it's been weird in a sense because I am a fixed term instructor and so I could be you know let go of the spur of the moment but I'm grateful that I've had the support of my colleagues and they don't treat me as anything but an equal so I think having putting yourself in, in a good place with the right people goes a long way in helping your self-esteem your confidence I would never have felt the way that I do now 10 years ago when I came in I thought this is going to be a one-year gig. I'm going to have to find something else. I don't think I'm going to hack it. And I don't know how my colleagues are going to look upon me being a recent graduate of their program and not having a terminal degree. You know, I was so wrapped up in I've got to get the PhD. I've got to get the PhD. I don't have a PhD. I have a master's degree. And yet my colleagues treat me as though I'm equal. I'm grateful for that. So I guess if I had to sum it up, I would just say if you can put yourself in a good place with your with your colleagues, that goes a long way. Build relationships with the students, uh, let them know that you're available, that you're here, and that you're willing to work with them. Those two things will make the job that much better. Well, and I will say just working with you and everyone in your department, we can I can certainly tell that you've created that sort of environment and relationship with everyone. And uh, it's been a pleasure working with you and your whole department. Same here.